0: Thank you to Jeff and Amy and Sarah for leading us in worship this morning. Um, This is round two. We are are finding our way back to normal. I uh, preached at the the 930 service and now back at 11 and Tim and I were talking this morning. It's kind of strange. You guys don't know any different. But getting back in the saddle again and it is so good to be with all of you. Uh, So hopefully uh, this being the third message, I'll get it right the third time, right? Third time's the charm. So we are in a sermon series called Brave, and this morning I'm going to be talking about risk. You see, life is about risk. Are you willing to take a risk? Is it worth the risk? Uh, How does bravery play a role in the decisions that we make? And and I don't know about you, but these last 18 months and then even now, uh, we've never thought so much about, is it worth the risk? You know, going to the grocery store, coming to church, you know, whatever that looks like. And so, uh, continued prayers, you know, as we come out out of all of this. And I just want to to mention that uh, some protocols, it seems like, are starting to change a little bit that... um, Masks continue to be optional, but we just want to to let everybody know that you're welcome to do whatever you would like to do here Whatever you're comfortable with. So if you're uh, comfortable to not wear a mask Please don't wear a mask if you're more comfortable to wear a mask. We want to encourage you to do that as well So uh, come as you are and we're so glad that you are here those that are watching online We are thrilled that you are connecting with us uh, via live stream So it's good to be together whatever that looks like Amen? amen Amen So uh, I want to talk a little bit about the hot take these past uh, few few weeks and it's about Simone Biles. How many of you have been watching the Olympics? It's been so fun uh, to, to watch the Olympics and cheer on the USA and uh, there has been so much controversy about her public decision to step back and pull herself out of a couple of the events uh, in the Olympics in Tokyo. And I was reading up on Simone and just a little bit of her story. And she has quite the story of overcoming abuse, physical challenges, uh, serious injuries, yet has a combined total of 30 Olympic and World Championship medals. Absolutely amazing. And uh, some say that she is the most decorated American gymnast, and is regarded by many as the greatest and most dominant gymnast of all time. And now she is a champion for another reason a brave young lady uh, who uh, is brave for another reason and she reminds us of what uh, it means to be real and that it's okay to be real with how we are feeling and what we're experiencing and i hope and pray that over these past 18 months that if we've learned anything it's this much right is to be real to be real Uh, I I did some reading again and just want to share a little bit of what I found. Biles explained um, before the event that she pulled out of it, she was shaking um, just hours before the event, and she said she had never felt like this going into a competition before. She said it's been really stressful, the Olympic Games. She said, "Uh, I think that we were just a little bit too stressed out, but we should have been out there having fun, and this has just not been the case And and some uh, critics will dismiss this as mental health uh, issues uh, but not gymnastics in particular and just really are criticizing all of this. And we understand that in life and in sports and whatever it is, that it requires the mind as much as as it does the body. And a lack of focus, it can be dangerous uh, as much as a, a broken ankle or some type of other injury. And it was obvious that she had this inability to focus and to concentrate. Uh, and some, again, are criticizing her decision, and, and some of it likened it to baseball, right? Like we will go down and we'll watch the Cincinnati Reds, if a pitcher does not have the ability to have his head in the game, which really brings a whole new phrase to it, your head in the game, uh, the pitcher would pull himself out of the game for uh, the sake of the team. And and many of us uh, have said, you know what, she not only did this for herself but for her team. And, and then we know that, that the team won some several medals, and, and Simone said, Olympic silver medalists. I'm so proud of these girls right here. You girls are incredibly brave and talented. And then she uh, on her, toe she, her, her, her uh, post, uh, she had hashtag empower. And I love that, how we can empower each other. So risk and honesty and vulnerability and transparency, authenticity, kudos to her. So I want to switch gears, so to speak, uh, with all these hot takes and things that we're seeing in the news. I don't know if you've noticed, but spaceflight has been in the headlines uh, over these past uh, several weeks, if not a couple months. And it's, it's something that I never thought I'd see. Has anybody seen all of this that's going on with, with spaceflight in the news? So I was reflecting on um, all of this fascination with going into flight and I was reflecting on you know when you have so much money that you don't know what to do with it, I don't have that problem. Anybody else have that problem? No. And I guess you set your sights on what's above when you've done everything and have everything below. And for some folks like Jeff Bezos of Amazon and Richard Branson of uh, Virgin Mobile or Elon Musk, they have created these space flight companies. And I I guess it kind of scratches that itch that they have for what to do next. And apparently, uh, anyone can become an astronaut, right, for the right price. And I checked out the the price for this, and it costs $250,000, 250 dollars to select your seat on the Virgin Galactic. Honestly, it's a little bit lower price than I thought. You know, not that I have this uh, extra 250 laying around, but I thought, you know, that's not really too bad. It's a little bit more than what I have to pay for my seat when I fly at Legion. <laughs> but, um... But I can only imagine the excitement of what it must be like to board uh, those rockets, and like I said, there's a couple launches that have gone up, the anticipation of what you will see, the thrill of the launch itself, and the stories that you would tell your family, your friends, your coworkers, uh, of how you went into space. In 2012, uh, Ashton Kutcher, he's a well-known actor, I'm not sure how many of you are familiar with Ashton Kutcher. Um, He was once married to Demi Moore and currently is married to Mila Kunis. Uh, He bought a ticket for space flight through Virgin Atlantic. And he was scheduled to be on one of those first trips and he was the 500th paying customer. Can you imagine? Uh, 500 already in line and I'm sure there's even more. But some nine years later, he's all set to use that ticket. Can you imagine nine years? You're holding on to it, and the day has come. I'm sure he's like a little kid, all excited, ready, you know, to to get on that rocket. But a lot has changed in nine years. Uh, He has a new wife, he has two children, and he's a family man. Ashton was quoted saying just a few weeks ago, my wife basically encouraged me that it was not a smart family decision to be heading into space when we have young children, he said. So I ended up selling my ticket back to Virgin Galactic. What a bummer, right? What a bummer. It wasn't worth the risk. It wasn't worth the risk. And today we're going to be looking at risk. Is it worth the risk? And, and we're going to look at um, of, uh, what it means to have a risk-taking faith risk-taking faith, to step out of our comfort zones and to walk in obedience, uh, which may be risky to us, uh, but I believe that God will bless us as we trust him. So this morning we're going to take a look at uh, a couple of uh, very important people throughout the pages of scripture uh, who lived by faith, who thought the risk was worth it. And we see throughout the pages of Scripture people who were willing to take a risk to trust in what they didn't know what was going to happen and did not know what was going to happen next. And you see, we stand on the shoulders of these people and we lean into their faith, their obedience, and their bravery. And we learn from these faithful men and women that we don't have to take this risk alone or be brave alone. God is with us, and also he sends others to navigate this life together. Many of us are familiar with the story of Moses. And we know that that God called Moses, and Moses was hesitant. And he said, you know what, I'm not good enough. He had all these excuses. I'm not good enough. I don't have all the answers. People won't believe me. I'm a terrible public speaker. I'm not qualified, basically. The risk was too great. And he had this fear of failure. So many times I think that we lack bravery because we're afraid we're going to fail. I love this quote from Erin Hansen. She says, what if I fall? Oh, my dear child, but what if you fly? What if you fly? Moses was called to set the Israelites free from slavery. Was it worth the risk to step out of his comfort zone to trust God Absolutely, absolutely. God was with him and he appointed Aaron to be with him, to walk beside him and to help him speak. And when he was in the fiercest of battles uh, to help hold up his arms uh, during those battles to ensure the victory. So where's God calling you to step into new areas that you feel ill-equipped, that you feel ill-equipped and they may just seem too risky to you? How are you responding? Who's walking with you on your spiritual journey? We see pairs throughout the scriptures. We have Abraham and Sarah, Moses and Aaron, as I had just mentioned, Ruth and Naomi, Esther and Mordecai, Elijah, Elisha, all who took great risk with heavenly reward. As Sarah shared with us earlier from Ecclesiastes, we know that two are better than one. Jesus' ministry started out with 12. And we find in Luke that, that uh, Jesus sent out 36 pairs. That circle got a little bit larger. And he sent out the 72, right, in 36 pairs. Here are these words from Luke chapter 10, verse 1. After this, the Lord appointed 72 others and sent them out two by two ahead of him to every town and place where he was about to go. And he told them, the harvest is plentiful, but the workers are few. Ask the Lord of the harvest, therefore, to send out workers into his harvest field. Go, I am sending you out like lambs among wolves. A couple of things stand out to me in this passage. The first is we are to pray, ask the Lord for and go. I don't know about you, but I have a tendency to go and think, oh, I should have prayed about that before I went, right? So we're to pray, we're to pray before we go. Pray before we go. God sends us, you and me, to be light in a dark world, to be lambs among wolves. We pick up in verse 4. Do not take a purse or a bag or sandals, and do not greet anyone on the road. You talk about risk, risk risk-taking faith. Don't take anything with you. I'm thinking to myself, my mind goes a million places. You know, what's the one thing you can't travel without? You know, we've all got that thing. I'm thinking toothbrushes up there, deodorant maybe, right? You can't take anything with you. Is it worth the risk? Verse 5 tells us, when you enter a house, first say peace to this house. If someone who promotes peace is there, your peace will rest on them. If not, it will return to you. Stay there, eating and drinking whatever they give to you. For the worker deserves his wages. Do not move around from house to house. When you enter a town and are welcomed, eat what is offered to you. Heal the sick who are there and tell them the kingdom of God has come near to you. But when you enter a town and you're not welcome, go in its streets and say, even the dust of your town we will wipe from our feet as a warning to you. Yet be sure of this, the kingdom of God has come near. I can't help but think of, of what it must have been like for those 72, those 36 pairs that went out, right? Is it worth the risk being mocked, being thrown out of homes, looked down upon? I mean, they can't even wear the most comfortable shoes. I don't know about you, but it's like I need my inserts in my shoes these days. Anybody, right? Can't have your inserts. You can't have your most comfortable shoes. You know, there was a lot to risk. And so I wonder, you know, we wonder how did how did it turn out for them as they went out? And we find out in verse 17, the 72 returned with joy and said, the Lord said to the Lord, Lord, even the demons submit to us in your name. And he replied, I saw Satan fall like lightning from heaven, and I have given you authority to trample on snakes and scorpions and to overcome all the power of the enemy. Nothing will harm you. However, do not rejoice that your spirit, the spirits submit to you, but rejoice that your names are written in heaven. One of the things I want us to hear this morning is that God gives you power and authority when he sends you out. We don't go out as lambs among the wolves and to be light in the dark without the power and authority of the Lord. God gives you the power and authority when he sends you out. When you leave here today, you have that power and authority. I wanna share a quote with you. It's from, um, from Winnie the Pooh. It's from Christopher Robin to, uh, to Winnie the Pooh. And, and some of you may come out of church today and go home and say, oh, what did you learn in church today? Well, we learned about Winnie the Pooh theology. Winnie the Pooh theology, hear these words. Promise me you'll always remember you're braver than you believe and stronger than you seem and smarter than you think. I think some of us need a reminder of that this morning. After Jesus' death and resurrection and ascension, the apostles were scattered. They were absolutely scattered everywhere, and believers lived under great oppression uh, under uh, the governance of Rome. And the, the, uh, the Roman government, in fact, uh, Claudius, ordered all the Jews to leave Rome. And so there was a husband and wife uh, that were in Rome at the time, and their names were Priscilla and Aquila. Isn't that a fun name, Priscilla and Aquila? And they lived in Rome, and they were ordered to leave, so they decided to flee to Corinth and Corinth was a hotbed of immorality and idolatry. I mean, to me, you kind of went from bad to worse, but I'm not sure what the options were back then. And it was there in Corinth that they met the Apostle Paul, and they traveled together from Corinth to Ephesus. Here are these words from Acts 18.18. 18. Paul stayed on in Corinth for some time, and then he left the brothers and his sisters and sailed for Syria accompanied by Priscilla and aquila we pick up in verse 24 meanwhile a jew named apollos a native of alexandria came to ephesus he was a learned man with a thorough knowledge of the scriptures he had been instructed in the way of the lord and he had spoke with great fervor and taught about jesus accurately though he knew only the baptism of john he began to speak boldly in the synagogue, and when Priscilla and Aquila heard him, they invited him to their home and explained to him the way of God more accurately. There are only seven references of um, of these, uh, this couple in scripture, and five of them, you will notice that Priscilla's name is mentioned first, indicating her authority. And uh, this is very uncommon in the ancient times, but scholars believe that she was the leading role in their ministry work. Again, which is very unusual. We're in an age when the focus um, is mostly of what happens between a husband and a wife in marriage. But one of the things that that we learn from Priscilla and Aquila is an example of what can happen through a husband and a wife. Risk. Risk. They picked up and they traveled where God was leading them, Risk to invest in another believer to be mentors to him. I like this quote from Atticus. He says, what good are wings without the courage to fly? What good are wings without the courage to fly? Is it worth the risk? to step out of our comfort zones, to grow the kingdom of God, to share the good news of Jesus Christ, and to love others, and to mentor others, to take them under our wing. Uh, Dwayne Davis is starting a new ministry here at Faith. It's called Discovery Bible Method, and it's where we read with another person one-on-one to mentor them in reading the Bible. And there may be some of us here that say, gosh, I would love to have somebody read the Bible uh, with me and that we could read it together. And some of you may say, you know what, I have the time. I would love to be able to read the Bible with another person. So I'd encourage you just to, to hold that in prayer of what that could look like to possibly be mentored or mentor someone else in the faith. So a question for us this morning is, who is your Aaron to your Moses? Who is your pair's partner, if you will, as Jesus sends out the 72? And if you are married, what is God doing through your marriage? You see, we're not meant to travel this faith journey alone. The Bible is full of stories of of brave faith. What does our brave faith look like today? The Lord uh, has been speaking to me over the past couple of weeks uh, about the state of our spiritual condition in our spiritual investment. And I have just really been um, drawn to different scriptures and, and hearing uh, from the Lord about what this looks like. What does our spiritual condition look like in our spiritual investment? And I got thinking about the offering that we give, right? The offering uh, that we gave and are going to give this morning. It's a spiritual investment, Right. What, what kind of spiritual investment are we making by coming to worship on Sunday, outside of Sunday morning? What does that look like? And and what is a result is our spiritual condition. What does our spiritual condition uh, look like? And, and something the new that I'm trying to do uh, each day in disciplines for myself is to do something physical every day. So what type of exercise? Uh, is it walking? Is it going to the gym? What does that look like? So I would challenge you, what are you doing for yourself physically every day? And then emotionally, how are you caring for yourselves emotionally? Uh, It has been a a, a rough past couple of years emotionally with how we're taking care of ourselves. So what are you doing to foster personal relationships, to laugh, right? Sometimes it's hard to find laughter, especially if we hear of what's going on in the world. Uh, So how are you caring for yourself emotionally? And then spiritually, how are you spending time with the Lord? So how are you investing in yourself? Hear those words. How are you investing in yourself physically, emotionally, and spiritually? And where are you out of balance? You see, it takes bravery, and it takes risk, and it takes discipline to invest in ourselves. I was with uh, a family a couple of weeks ago and was planning a, a funeral of a loved one who had just lost his battle with, uh, with cancer and uh, I met with the, uh, the uh, wife and the daughter, and they were sharing about how uh, he almost died a year ago, and it was in October, so almost a year ago, and he was on a ventilator, and he was fighting for his life, and they really thought that that was going to be the time, and, and he, he battled back from that, and when he came to, he shared this amazing story with his family, and um, having that cancer diagnosis, he was fearful of death and, and what that was going to be like, and, and during this time that he was on the ventilator, and uh, he had this near-death experience, and he shared it with them, and I'd like to share it with you this morning. And, and he described this beautiful place, and he said it was so peaceful. There was just peace everywhere. It was just beautiful, and in some place where he couldn't wait to return. And he heard this man's voice say to him, you're going to be surprised who's not going to be here one day. And then he felt this n- uh, gentle, like, nudge almost. And he said, it's not your time yet. And then he came back, they took him off the ventilator, he had a, a quick turnaround and he was very quick and anxious to share his story of what that encounter was like. And, and I, as, as I reflected on that, I've, I've shared it, that story with a couple other people of you know, what I think of, of near-death experiences and, and the thing that I would say is I can't take away someone else's experience. And I think that it takes tremendous bravery to then share whatever your faith story is with another person. What does it look like to have brave faith, to share those divine encounters that we have, brave to trust God, brave to follow the Lord, brave to believe? I believe when we walk in obedience, which may be risky to us, that God will bless us as we trust him. So where is God asking you to trust him right now? Where is God asking you to trust him right now? You have to decide, is it worth the risk? Is it worth the risk? Let us pray. Father God, we come before you and we come seeking you today with our whole heart. And God, we have things that are going on in our life right now where we're called to be brave, where it's hard or we might be dealing with depression or anxiety or illness, grief, loss. And God, we thank you that we don't have to be brave alone, that you walk whatever the journey is that we're on with us, that we're not alone. And God, we thank you that you send people into our lives, that we're not sent out to live this world alone, that we have others who walk with us. Father, we come before you and we thank you for the joys in our life and the things that we're so thankful for. God, we thank you for these heroes of the faith that have gone before us, who model for us what it means to be brave, to walk into doors and, and, and down pathways, Lord, that we don't know what's gonna happen, but we trust you. And we know that you care for us and that you are with us. So, Lord, we pray for risk-taking faith to call us into areas, Lord, where we're not comfortable. And, Lord, we pray, Lord, to be witnesses for you. And we pray to invest in ourselves and to to provide self-care for ourselves, Lord, not only physically and emotionally, but but spiritually. How are we we stoking the fire of our relationship with you, Lord? And we pray for these areas of our lives where we need to trust you. And it could be going back to school. It could be going back to work. It could be traveling. It could be uh, in retirement. It could be in our families. It could be in our neighborhoods. God, you know what that is. So, Lord, I pray for those things where we're called to trust. And we have to decide, is it worth the risk? We're reminded that we can do all things through Christ who gives us strength. It's in the name of Jesus that we pray, and all of God's children said, Amen.